You're now tuned in to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you for listening and for watching. For those of you that follow me, you've noticed I've been away for about a month. Um, there's no easy way to put it. My mother passed away. My mom died unexpectedly, and it's been hard. It still is hard, and it's going to be hard for a while. Listen, this episode is dedicated to my mother. I have one episode recorded about two years ago that I never released because the audio wasn't good. I'm going to try my best to clean it up so I can release it. But if you are looking for happy, like I normally am, or some topic that I'm covering, this is not it. This is this is me doing my best to take a step forward. Like I said, it's been a month. Tomorrow will be a month. And I've I, I've I've handled a lot a responsibility relating to my mom's passing and so has my sister. Shout out to my sister. We both had to handle quite a bit. Um, as many of you know that follow me and subscribe and listen, um, and watch. You know that I was born and raised in New York City. In the streets, mostly Harlem and the Bronx. And I am no stranger to violence. I'm no stranger to death. When you lose the closest people to you, to say that it hit different is an understatement. You know, you think you hardened, you think you prepared. If you have a conscience, if you have a heart, then nothing can prepare you. I had to continue on. I know that's what she would want. And I know I've, you know, I've, I've, over the course of the last month, I've probably said it. I said it at her memorial. I, I've, I've said it a bunch of times, but I'm going to say it here. Rest in peace to you, Ma. I love you. Love is really too weak 
to define. I wish I had more time and I miss you. And I will forever miss you. Other than wanting to get back to work, get to some form of normalcy, never be normal, right? It's your mom. And if you love your mom, if you have your mom, um, you know, everybody that loses somebody says this, but, you know, hug them, kiss them, love them, cherish them. Take a good look. Hold a face. Absorb them. Just live in that moment because it could be gone. And I know this. I've known this. But when it's your moms or somebody that's, like I said, the closest, among the closest people to you, my mom is the closest person. Of course, my wife, you know, my kids. But I mean, it's mom, it's your mother. So. That's a, a milestone death in your life. And that's where I'm at right now. She was 82 years old. And my mom is a, uh, a published author. Oh, man. I have a copy of her book. Ah. Uh. Don't have it here. I should have had it here. I feel like I should have had it. Um, she's a published author. She had two master's degrees. She's the most well-read person that I have ever met. She is the reason that I love music, that I love musical theater, and that I'm alive, really. My mother made decisions and choices. And I said this when I eulogized her. When I said the eulogy, I'm not going to tell the whole story here. But my mother made a decision, several decisions, that kept me alive. Now, I've been through it. I've never gone into details about certain experiences in my life. All I have said is that I was in the streets of Harlem and the Bronx, sometimes in Brooklyn, a little bit in Queens, mostly Harlem and the Bronx. I was there when crack was born. I was there when hip hop was born. A fatherless household ran with Heavy hitters. I know a lot of incarcerated people, a lot of dead people. It's a miracle that I'm here. And part of that miracle is attributed to my mother and the choices she made. Smart woman, brave woman, very courageous woman. Aside from 
like I said, wanting to get back to work, wanting to put one step forward. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be here today, to be honest with you, but I have to, I have to, I have to move forward. I have to start. You know, I've already started the grieving process, but I got to start the healing process. This is part of that process and it's hard. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want to be on here weeping. So I'm going to do my best not to. But aside from that reason, you know, moving forward, it's another reason why I wanted to do this part. I'm a black man, but I think this is applicable to people of any race, especially here in America. I think people in other countries handle death differently. They don't hide from it and you know I've traveled abroad I haven't lived abroad but it seems like they process and deal with death differently than we do here as my mother got up in age I would occasionally just bring up the subject you know like you know, what's your last wishes? What what do you want to be? Buried or cremated? Those were that's the basic question I would ask. I wish I had asked more. I wish I would have asked who did she want me to contact, who she didn't want me to contact. I wish she would have asked, or I wish I would have asked. <clears throat> What kind of ceremony do you want? You know, um, and any of the details that she would have wanted to share or things that she may have, may have wanted done in her passing. So I'm saying that to say It's not a fun task. But prepare. It makes things easier. When you're dealing with that level of grief, having to think about what to do here and what to do there, it's a real challenge. And it doesn't have to be that challenging. I definitely wish I would have been more prepared. I'm pretty sure my sister probably feels the same way. My sister handled a lot. And again, shout out to my sister. Love you, sis. Um, And when I say prepare, just in terms of things that need to be done after a very close family member passes away and you find yourself responsible for all the things attached to that, like I said, my sister and I, and I know there are people 
to have like burial plots prepaid, you know, but just talk to your loved ones, especially if you're going to be the one that's going to have to handle that. You know, and I'm pretty sure there's probably books or podcasts even or, or, or information available on how to best navigate that, especially with somebody that don't really want to talk about it. Because if a person know, you know, if they up there, 70s, 80s, you know, it's coming. It's coming for all of us. Nobody knows when. Because I'm a news watcher and news reader, I don't really watch, I read the news a lot. You know, I, I, I know death happens to all ages every day. From the unborn to the just born to the, the, the single digits in age, the teenagers, you know, preteens, all the way up to the hundreds. I mean, you know, you never know when you're going to go. So, but mostly, most of us have a relatively full life in terms of years. So when you get in your 70s and 80s, probably not some conversation you really want to talk about. You probably want to think about that. Like, yo, in X amount of years, you know, if I if I'm that lucky, I'm, I might be gone. Um, have that talk. Find a way to navigate that talk. Maybe you need to write it. You know, maybe you need to go to, I don't know, their favorite coffee shop or park or somewhere. Whatever you need to do, you know your loved one best. Well, I just wanted to share that. You know, I thought about doing just a, a regular episode and just mentioning it. I couldn't do it. For one, I don't think it would honor my mother's memory correctly. This podcast is something that I've been doing for, I don't know, three years, three and a half years, something like that. My 170 plus episodes. So it's only right. You know, I share myself with y'all. Um, my podcast has not become popular, but there are a small group of people that are regular listeners. And I do appreciate y'all. Maybe one day it'll become popular, but really, that's not the ultimate goal for me. It would be great. But talking about my mother's passing is helpful to me. It's therapeutic to me. You know, just saying those words out loud difficult <laughs> I'm still processing definitely still grief stricken but my mom raised a strong son And being strong in a time like this is one of the hardest things I've had to do. I have responsibilities. I have a business to run. 
have a child to raise. I can't stop being a husband. I have to continue. As much as I'd like to, I can't say like to, but I could probably benefit from running away and, you know, finding the bottom of a bottle or two or three every day. But what's that going to do? It's not going to honor my mother. It's not going to make my mother proud. Even though my mother's unconditional love, she would have accepted anything that I did. I hope you have somebody in your life that loves you unconditionally. Because my mother loved me unconditionally. And she supported me up until her dying day in a multitude of ways. Um, I could not be more thankful than I am for my mother, my mother's love, my mother's generosity, my mother's wise words of wisdom when she could have been angry and yelling my mother's patience me and my mother my mother and I were tight but I wasn't a mama's boy per se but we was tight we was we was we was mad close you know My mother and I, she used to like to play cards and, you know, ship on her champagne, have some snacks, put on some music, just hang out. We did that a lot. Not enough. Not enough. Hopefully next week I will be back with a regular episode. I don't know what the subject matter will be yet. I'm open to suggestions. Something a little light, perhaps. You know. I've been looking at what's going on in Israel and Gaza and you know, a hospital just got bombed. I was listening to that and, you know, they, they like to almost dramatize it. It's not dramatized, it's actual, but I was driving today and I was listening to the news and the screams and the cries. And I changed the radio station and this song, I don't know who it's by, it's called I Am Blessed was on and I thought it's got to be my mom's because it made me think I'm not in a war zone I'm not under threat of gunfire and missiles and bombs I'm in agony and I'm hurting 
I'm in pain and I'm grieving. But it's quiet where I rest. My son, my daughter, my grandkids, my wife. You know, we all healthy. Got a roof over our heads and food on the table. So there's that. I have lost another person, my grandmother, who was like my second mother, my dual mother. And I'm certain I have yet to fully recover from her death. But falling into a depression so deep that I'm no longer functional is not an option. Crawling up in a ball and staying in bed for days, it's not an option. Drinking alcohol till oblivion, it's not an option. Only option I have is to get up every day and honor my mother by moving forward because I know that's what she would want. I also love the people that are in my life and I owe them a functional me. So while I embrace this deep sadness in me. It's like a, I've heard stories of people that die from a broken heart. And it's hard to explain the physicality of it, but it's like, It's like somebody took a piece of my heart, like something is missing, like there's a hollowness in my chest, like there's a, a feeling like in my throat, like in my memory, my head, you know, it's, 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 it's a physical effect, grief, heartbreak. Really hard to convey. It's hard to articulate. It's hard to explain. And maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe you know. Now, when I zoom out and look at the big picture, I wonder what is this all for? We get this life on this beautiful planet, and we get these loved ones, and we get this. A hundred years, maybe, right? Most people get 60 to 80, 70 to 80. 
and then and then there's a lot of beliefs out there um I believe our energy goes on in some form. I believe my mother has visited my house since she passed. I'm not going to go into no detail, but there's been some physical things. There have been some things. When my grandmother died, she came to me in a dream. And the word dream is an understatement because it wasn't that. It was a visitation. Think about a vivid dream, but vivid exponentially like to the hundredth power and I think my mother tried to do that recently the last few days ago but it wasn't as profound as what my grandmother did my mother has come in different ways I don't know what you believe about what happens after you die. And I can't say for 100% certain. I don't think any of us can. I know there's people that have died and they call it a near death experience. I, I don't know why they call it that because they died and came back. They need to call it something else. But there are people that have so-called crossed over or went to the other side and that were brought back. And they have told stories of what they've experienced. There are people that have told fascinating stories of reincarnation. I don't know. What I do know is that my mom is gone. And living without her is going to suck for a long time. But as I learned with my grandmother and with other people that I've lost, I can't say that I haven't grieved before, but not this profoundly as I have with my mother and my grandmother. But I have lost a lot of, to lots of people, lots of friends, a lot of people that I know. And there's only one thing that can help. Nothing anybody can say. Nothing anybody can do. There's nothing anybody can give you. In my experience, there's only one thing, and that's time. Time is the only thing that makes a loss like this bearable. The pain, the missing that person, it never goes away. It only goes from a, a loud roar to eventually a whisper. But it's always there. Right now, it's a roar for me. It's a loud, loud roar. I love you, mom.
Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Mike, and this is the Mike's Opinion Podcast.